when you meet a mature Christian who has walked with the Lord for many, many years and has learned not only out of the Bible, but out of the book of providence and experience, we've all got a lot of wisdom to learn. And it is by our interaction and our fellowship with godly, experienced, tested and tried saints that we are able to obey this command. We're to be quick to show charity. How easy it would be to have a murmuring critical spirit. But if you've got the servant's apron on, you're not going to be critiquing and criticizing your master. If the Roman slave had done that, he would lose his head. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, and it is a privilege to bring you the message of God's Word today. We're turning again to the subject of humility, 1 Peter 5, 5. The well-dressed Christian is the one who is clothed with humility. That's our message. We'll also have a couple of hymns from the Whitfield Choir. And now we're turning to the Psalm 20, and we're looking at those eight things that cause the Christian to have hope. We have looked at four already. Number five, remember all thy offerings. Before Israel went into the battle, the nation worshipped. They brought their offerings to God and sought God's favor over their enemies. David sought the Lord oftentimes, whether he should go up to battle and sought God's help. When you compare Psalm 20, verse 7, which says, Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We have then a two-way remembering. We plead with God to remember us, and we remember his name, Jehovah, our God. Who can feel with such a God as Jehovah to their aid? The covenant God of his special people. God is on our side, and we can sing, If God be for us, who can be against us? Also, the prayer was, accept thy burnt sacrifice. The Hebrew word accept is the same as ashes. When the sacrifice is consumed and the ashes are carried off to a separate place, God is satisfied. He accepts the sacrifice. Our Lord Jesus is our great sacrifice. His blood, his oath, his covenant are our hope and rest. His one death, when the fires of God's wrath were exhausted on him, God was satisfied. His infinite nature outperformed the demands of justice. God is well pleased with his offering. Let us claim his triumph and plead his merits. So shall our prayers be accepted. You can pray in the full light of the victory won at the cross. You can use the name of Jesus now is synonymous with acceptance with God. Yes, ask in Jesus' name, and you are sure of the answer from his Father. And so these are great encouragements to us, and I exhort you to read the Psalm 20, meditate on those words, and pray over them. And may the Lord draw near to encourage your own heart. Let us pray now and ask God's blessing. Father, we thank thee for these encouragements, and we know that the death of the Lord Jesus, the victory won at the cross, is now applied to the Christian by faith, 
by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that as your word is ministered today, that you will work in grace in each and every heart. We thank thee that Jesus saves, that there's power in Jesus' blood to wash a sinner white as snow. And I pray that it will please you, Lord, to come and minister to our hearts and lead us into a right relationship with our God, that we will have that acceptance through the blood of the Lamb. O Lord, work today, answer today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There are precious fountain free to Calvary's mountain near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring it seems before.
listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. We really appreciate you joining with us. We're moving now to our message on clothed with humility, the well-dressed Christian. 1 Peter 5, verse 5, from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. Now that's true with the wicked, but it's also true with Christians who are the children of of God. Now, this 1 Peter 5 5 is actually cited from the book of Proverbs. You might have a little uh, guide margin in your Bible, a little number that will refer to a cross reference, uh, Proverbs 3 34, and it says, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly. And here is a, a warning to God's people, that when we scorn, scoff, become proud, God resists, and he becomes our enemy. We know that was true in King David's life when he was lifted up in pride. Solomon, Hezekiah, God left him to try him to see what was within his heart. And James, in his epistle, he takes this up likewise, and he expands on this whole theme, and he, he talks about, humble yourselves under the, the hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season. We cannot afford to miss the warnings of the Lord in this. God resisteth, resisteth the proud. Now, we don't want to be fighting God. We don't want to be on the wrong side of God's blessing and finding that we are fighting the omnipotent. Rather, we need to heed this warning. God resisteth the proud. Now, there is here also, if you go down to verse 6, a call to action, the action of humility. And it says right there, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. This is something that we're to do. That's why I call it a call to action. We cannot just be passive in this. We cannot just sit back and say, well, I'm just going to leave it to how, however the current uh, rages and whatever develops, I'll just join in the flow. No, we are to be trendsetters. You know what a trendsetter is? Someone who adjusts attitudes, who sets the course, and we are to actively humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We need an attitude of service. Now, how can we do this in real practical terms as a Christian? Let me give you just a few pointers. Firstly, mingle with the elderly and the mature Christian. You see, this particular section is to the younger, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. That's what Peter is saying here. And young people and young Christians are to learn, take their cue by mingling with God-fearing men and women who love 
and serve the Lord. We're to meet with God's people. We're to mingle with them. We're to meet with them. We're to take time with them. We're to ask questions of them. When you meet a mature Christian who has walked with the Lord for many, many years and has learned not only out of the Bible, but out of the book of Providence and experience, we've all got a lot of wisdom to learn. And it is by our interaction and our fellowship with godly, experienced, tested and tried saints that we are able to obey this command. We're to be quick to show charity. How easy it would be to have a murmuring critical spirit. But if you've got the servant's apron on, you're not going to be critiquing and criticizing your master. If the Roman slave had done that, he would lose his head. And there are many a young Christian today because they will not humble themselves in God's house or in God's fellowship of God's people. They end up doing foolish things. And they make huge mistakes that they may have been steered away from, ready to forgive, willing to follow directions. And I know that a young person, that's the last thing you want to do. That's the last thing the carnal man wants to do, follow directions. But if we are under elders, if we are truly going to benefit from their leadership and their guidance and teaching, we need to submit and humble ourselves to them. We also need that example of godliness. And here is real, practical, sensible, God-fearing Christianity where there are things that you can start doing tonight, tomorrow, right through this week and on into the future that you might put this into action. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. A last pointer I would say to you to uh, fulfill the plan of action or the call to action is work. The mark of a servant is that he's a worker. The Lord Jesus became a servant. And the whole clothing with humility, the whole tenor of that, putting on the servant's apron, means that you humble yourself to work in the Lord's mission field and church. Now, if you say, I'm not going to get involved, that's below me. I'm not interested in getting into that. I'm going to just stay aloof. I'll come to the services. I'll mingle a little bit, but I'll just give the bare minimum of time, and I'll not really work for God. Let me say that's the opposite to being clothed with humility, because you become a servant, and you're ready to serve. Work is always tending to humility. And God has furnished work for the higher powers of man. And our Lord Jesus was the great worker. Now, tonight I wonder, are you a ready, willing worker for God? That's what's involved in this call to action, this clothed in humility. Then the other part of that statement, there's a reward to enjoy. God giveth grace to the humble. God is no man's debtor, and he will always reward those 
who serve him. Note that he does not promise the total victory now. That's reserved for the final glory day when Christ comes. It says right here in the middle of verse 5, Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now, grace does not mean that we are final victors on that day. It's like when Paul came to the Lord and said, Lord, I've got these thorns in the flesh. Take them away. And God says, I'm not going to heal you, Paul, but I'll give you the grace and I'll give you the spiritual power to glorify me with your weaknesses. And men and women, that's what we need in our Christian lives. We feel our weakness. We feel our inability. We feel that we are not capable of doing much for God. And we feel our limitations. We feel that we're hemmed in. But oh, that God promises that he giveth grace to the humble. You see, it's not God's will that he levels every hill and that we should always plow on level fields. God asks us to climb the hill difficulty. He calls us to walk steep terrain. Why? Because it makes us stronger. Makes us stronger. And he gives us the grace to do it that we may serve him with all our heart. Humility is therefore a beautiful dress. I read about an Irish preacher named Thaddy Connellan, who greatly assisted another preacher, a man called Dr. Monk Mason, in his labors connected with the revision of what was then the Hibernian Bible Society. Now, that's the old Irish language that they were trying to translate the Scriptures into. It was very late in coming, and it was a work that really the language had changed by the time the Bible came out. But uh, this man was a very willing worker, uh, but he was a bit of a wit. And there came along this magnificent duchess, and having one day asked him, pray, do you know Lady Lorton? And he was very quickly answered, yes, madam, I do. And she is the best dressed lady in Ireland. And this very magnificent duchess thought, odd, uh, what a strange man. And she said to him, pray, how is she dressed? But her, she was greatly surprised and she was satisfied with his answer whenever he said, Yes, madam, Lady Lorton is the best-dressed woman in Ireland or in England, for she is clothed in humility. What a, an answer. What a wit. But what an answer. You see, vanity or the love of display is one of the most contemptible and pernicious passions that can take control of the human mind. And if all you're interested in tonight is parading yourself and your own importance, you spoil all the graces of being a Christian. It's like the pearl that's strung on barbed wire 
rather than on a pretty string. You see, humility is really preparation for heaven. Humble we must be if to heaven we go. High is the roof there, but the gate is low. And if you will enter heaven, you need humility. And of course, the nearer the Lord is to us, the nearer we, have to, we are to him and the least of pride. And it's like the sun in the early morning, when it shines upon us, it casts a long shadow because the sun is far away. But as the sun rises in the sky above our head and the sun seems hotter and nearer, the shadow gets smaller and smaller. And the more of grace in your life, the more of the power of the gospel in your soul, the smaller and smaller your own shadow and your own self-interest becomes. We know that there will be no pride in heaven because we're told that in heaven the angels cover their eyes with two of their wings, such as their humility, such as their self-abasement. And we're also told that the saints, the elders, they cast their crowns at Jesus' feet. Heaven will be a place of perfect humility. And how will we be clothed? With the righteousness of Christ. That's our future garment. Now, as a Christian, a believer, you have that tonight. You're justified by faith, and you possess the imputed, transferred righteousness of Christ to your account. You are the well-dressed Christian. And the mark of glorying, not in your own dress, but glorying in the Lord's righteousness is humility. Be clothed in humility. What a simple, practical, but vital exhortation. Ye younger, likewise, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. May it be so in every one of our hearts. And you'll notice how it leads on to verse 7, casting all your care upon him. Can't preach that tonight, but I see a direct relation that the less we exalt ourselves, the more we cast our care and our problems, our future, our image, if you will, in the grace of the Lord. That's the case. And if you're getting proud and not willing to submit, and you're not willing to humble yourself, the last thing you'll do is cast your cares upon the Lord and to enjoy His care for you. It was
to confess that I love that statement, the well-dressed Christian, because of humility. It reminds me of my theology professor uh, in my final year in Bible college back in Northern Ireland at the Whitfield Bible College, and the Reverend James Beggs. He was a man of grace, a man who was truly a gentleman, not a, not a, a weak person by any means, not a pushover, one who stood up for the Lord and preached his word with fire and with power. But his daily walk was truly clothed with humility in his home, in his church, and in his dealings with us as students. It really gave me an inspiration of how we should live as a Christian. Can you be that example, clothed with humility? There are a few Christians like that today, not many, and we need many more those who are truly the examples of grace, humility, willing to put away every haughty, proud thing and to just wait on the Lord and serve the Lord with a servant spirit. Washing the disciples' feet. Let us each one take that position as a humble servant of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to be a help to you and an encourager to you, and if I can be of personal help, feel free to give me a call here at our church number. Feel free to reach us through our website, our email address, or come along to our church services, 1030 and 6. And, of course, you can join in by webcast as well on your computer. All these details are coming up now on the announcements. And may the Lord minister to your heart. Thank you for being a part of our program today. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one -on -one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187-90-58 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak.